Hey guys, what's up? It's Tyler Kluver. This is the Snapped Podcast. So glad that you're joining me on this podcast. We're going to talk about diet, exercise, mindset, training, sports, performance, and any of the things that we discuss, me or the guests that I bring on, is going to help you get better and help you get healthier in some way or another. We're glad you're here. Sit back, relax. Let's have it. What's up, dude? Oh, man. We're back. I don't even know if the mic's close enough to me. It's close enough. Hell if I know. Try and get this straight. I don't know, man. Kind of how the day, day's been going. Um, Short one today. Short one today. I, I Pity party, I think. I think this is just pity party for myself. Is that what the podcast is every week? I mean, kind of, in a way, it's just a way for me to kind of talk and make myself feel better. It's like self-therapy. I really highly suggest it to just get a microphone and record yourself talking about anything. And um, I feel better about it. But this week is going to be, obviously last week was vacation. Uh, Thank you guys for continuing to tune in. Uh, to those episodes uh, last week was about vacation and how to deal with diet and exercise while you're away and enjoying some time off from life. Um, how to continue to eat well or at least mitigate the absolute downhill spiral that a vacation can take those in, uh, those being diet and exercise. So I think that... I gave some good information last week, but honestly, the way that you're going to handle vacation is going to be very individualized. And it's really about finding what works best for you. For me personally, it's, I know that the one big meal of the day is going to be dinner. And I feel like that's the way it is for most people. You go on vacation, dinner, dinner every night is going to be the spot where you really are enjoying yourself. I would say in most cases, right? So let yourself enjoy that and try and mitigate the total daily calories in the hours and meals leading up to that. So for me, often that looks like no breakfast and obviously the whole intermittent fasting thing that that's what I do. It's what I'm accustomed to. So not eating is very easy for me but I just don't eat breakfast. And I think that's fairly simple. And even if you do eat breakfast, it's very easy to get full on fruit and eggs or like a bagel, a piece of toast or two pieces of toast, like simple stuff, right? Breakfast can be, can very easily be about 400 calories and you can, you should be satisfied. And if you aren't, you're just, you're being a little bit soft about, about that. You have, you're going to have to give up calories somewhere. You have to mitigate it somewhere. Uh, and then lunch, again, easy for me because this is the way we kind of do vacation where usually out and about, it's more so just a snack or 
you sit down at a bar and I don't drink. So just water. Um, and you just kind of hang on until dinner and then hell you get to dinner and you got 70% of your calories left. At that point, you can't even eat that much. There's room for dessert, room for drinks. Maybe you go over, but it's hardly at all. And you enjoyed the day. So you got to make it work for you this week. Uh, we're going to really quickly talk uh, about how to deal with self-doubt. Uh, and as I do most of the times on the show, it's, it's usually relevant to whatever's going on in my life. So why would I be doubting myself? What am I doubting myself about? Well, as you guys know, part of these podcasts has also been every once in a while an update on the half marathon training that I've been doing, which has continued. I haven't missed a day. I haven't missed a workout. I've in fact in, uh, completed every mile required for the program that I'm following. And to some extent, that's why I'm starting to doubt myself. The, this required me to run three times last week on vacation in Georgia. Uh, beautiful, beautiful place. Sun was out every day, but one. And it was great running conditions by all, uh, by all marks, right? By all measurements. Got up in the morning, you know, the, uh, my wife's family who I was with, they, it was kind of a mosey around sleeping kind of deal. So we really weren't moving till 10 every morning. So I was able to get up at 7 8 o'clock and get my runs in. And it consisted of two speed runs uh, the t uh, on Monday and Wednesday, both of which were around 40 minutes or so. And then eight miles on Friday, uh, the day before we left. The speed runs have felt fine. I would even say great. Uh, and I think I've performed well on those speed runs by the measurement of the paces that I'm supposed to run. These paces are predetermined based off of uh, some times that were set by me before I started the 14-week program. So I have a 5K, I have a, a best pace, basically an all-out sprint. I have a mile pace. I have a tempo pace. I have a 5K pace. I have a 10K pace. Uh, I have a recovery pace. And these workouts are built off of intervals of interspersed paces out of those six or seven paces. And every time that there's been... Um, there's been a, a run. I've been able to hit those paces just fine. I did one, for example, uh, over vacation last week. That was, I believe it was just called nineties and it was 90 seconds at, uh, it was three 90 second intervals at uh, 5k pace for me. That's about seven minutes and 20 seconds per mile. There were, then three intervals at 10K pace, which slows down about 25 seconds for me. So about seven minutes and 45 second miles. 
and then ramped back into three 90 second intervals a mile pace, which for me is about a six and a half minute per mile. After each one of those intervals, you got, oh, I want to say a minute rest, right? So 90 seconds, not rest, but it was 90 seconds of recovery, easy, slow running, just catching your breath. So 90 seconds, recover for a minute, 90 seconds, recover for a minute. That's how it went. And there's been a bunch of different workouts like that. And I've been able to hit all the paces. I've done all of the workouts. In fact, sometimes I've been able to run by the end of the workout. I look back on my intervals because the Nike run club app, which is what I'm following the Nike run club, 14 week half marathon prep. I've been able to even churn out better interval paces, you know, if it, for example, yesterday I ran a five by five minute 10 K pace. So five minutes at 10 K recovery for two minutes, five minutes, five rounds of that. 745 is my 10 K pace. And I averaged like seven and a half minutes, even closer to 720, my 5k pace. And those runs have all been great. The distance runs, which are usually Saturday of each day, matching up with what will be the race day. Uh, though, and the tempo runs, which there's one of those every couple of weeks, which is really just a certain amount of time where you're supposed to run at the tempo you're going to run on race day, which for me is a right at eight minutes per mile little under those days have been un just not even i don't even know what the word i'm looking for is but uh very hard in comparison to the tempo runs or the interval runs that i've been on six miles seven miles eight miles ten miles a couple weeks ago i have not been able to I have not been able to run anywhere close to my eight minute per mile for any of those long days. And so as you know, at eight weeks at seven weeks left, I was kind of hoping, Oh, well, the next few weeks we'll kind of, you know, I'll turn the corner here and I'll start to feel good on those long runs. I'll start to really be able to push. It just hasn't happened yet. And uh, we're 24 days out. I think there's only, six speed runs left well uh seven speed runs left and there's you know and there's a taper week in there so it's not even a lot of high intensity stuff there's two wrong two long runs left i believe feels like i'm not going to turn that corner i don't i don't know and maybe maybe I, i here's why i'm doubting myself because i trust that the program is written well It's from Nike and it's followed by a ton of people. And I just haven't been able to, and there's been some other factors, right? Like on, on a few of the long run days, an eight mile and a 10 mile, I've gotten abnormally bad sleep because we've been somewhere else, right? I was on vacation. I was in Marshalltown one time. I wasn't recovered. I didn't have nearly enough rest. Um, but I'm just not even close not even close. I'm running nine and a half minute miles on those long days. 
and it really feels like I'm like I'm trudging through mud on those days. Like I like it would be a absolute struggle and body breaker to get under a, a nine minute pace. Paces that I was running, I, you know, I, last year when I did this, and I only plant, I only prepped for eight weeks, and it was a self-written program. Uh, I remember running a a five mile at eight minutes per mile, and I felt great. And I haven't been able to run the five, the six, the seven mile distance at even close to an eight minute pace this time. So, you know, we're three and a half weeks out. It's on the twenty eighth. This podcast comes out on the fourth. And I just don't know if I'm going to be able to hold that pace. Now, what I do know is the race day adrenaline is going to kick in. I experienced that last year on both the Damn to DSM, the same race that I'm running this year, and then the uh, consecutively with the uh, Des Moines Marathon. You always come out hot, you know. And uh, that was by myself. You know, I, I ran this race, this half marathon last year with a, Justin, my buddy, my running partner. And we, uh, we ran that first mile off of the dam. And I, and I think what was about a 725 mile. Ended up running a 853 pace on average over the course of that race last year, but started with a 725 mile. And part of that is it was, it's downhill to begin with, but part of it is you're just, it's race day, the, the real deal, right? The adrenaline's flowing. You got the mute. Everything's perfect. You know, you've, you've smoked some breakfast with the right nutrient timing. You're hydrated. You slept well, you stretched, you warmed up, you know, everything is perfect, right? So you're, you're doing everything that maybe is not as tip top as when you're just training. And I know that I'm going to be able to ride that high a little bit. Now, even more so this year, I'm actually going to be running in a real race. Like there's going to be an actual starting line with hundreds of people on it. A gun is actually going to go off when we start. There's going to be people cheering. There's going to be actual aid stations every mile and a half on the course. There's going to be music at the finish line. There's going to be people that I'm running along with who are running, you know, trying to run the same pace. I can actually, you know, when I feel like I can push, I can kind of chase after them. There's going to be a lot of factors that allow me to go faster. And the doubt is there. The doubt is there. The doubt being, can I? Can I do it? Can I run the pace that I, this whole time, this 14 weeks leading up to this and and beyond, can I run the pace that I told myself was my goal? You know, I set a goal for myself on this, uh, on this race. And it was to run under an hour and 40 minutes. And I think that all factors considered, you know, feeling like I'm a little behind, but knowing that we'll get a taper and the body will feel better. And then all those factors I just talked about that will you know, be there for me on race day. I feel like I'm going to be right where I, right where I have to be or just a 
hair behind to hit that goal. And it's going to put me in a position where about mile three or four, I'm going to have a decision to make. And there's going to be a lot of this doubt in my head. And don't worry. I'm a mental warrior. I'm more mentally tough than most people in the world. And that's just, it is what it is. I've been fortunate enough to be put through things uh, and, and be subjected to training in my former athletic career that 99% of people haven't gone through. And so I just, I'm able to, you know, my mental game will be on point that day. But the doubt doesn't go away. It's just about how you react to it. And the doubt will creep in about mile three or four. And I know exactly what I'm going to be telling myself. I'm going to look at my watch. I'm going to be running that 755, 750 maybe. Maybe I turn out a 753 or 749 mile. I'm averaging under my pace. The legs start to feel a little heavy around, not heavy, but you don't feel fresh at mile four. And then you get about halfway at mile six. And uh, there's a little bit of leg burn that starts to come into play. And as long as I'm continuing to hold pace, the doubt is going to continue to creep in because I'm a big boy. I'm a thick, this is thick boy running club. And I know that every single step of the way, it's going to be, you're, you're not going to get there. You're not going to make the under 140. Your legs hurt too much. It, it's, you're not going to get it. Just slow down. Slow down. Take it easy. You're happy with 145. You'd be happy just to beat your time from last year. All those thoughts are going to creep in. And I'm going to be at that point where I'm just conditioned enough. I'm just in shape enough to make a decision somewhere in the middle of that race where I could go for it and I can really push my body to the limit. And assuming I do that and I go through that pain and I go through the hurt, I will be capable of running faster than my goal. And I know that the last two miles of that race will hurt like a bitch. I know that, and I know what that hurt feels like. In fact, I know a pain, a few pains way worse than that in some of the CrossFit workouts that I do as far as intensity goes. The problem with that is I don't usually sustain that kind of pain for longer than five or 10 minutes. And the last two miles of this race, maybe two to three miles of this race, depending on when I really have to, to make a push, and I'm, I'm hoping that I'm conditioned and the taper and everything takes me through. And it's like, oh shit, I can run a nine minute mile to finish out here. That'd be great. But I don't think it's going to be that way. That last two to three miles is going to take me 15, 20 minutes. And that's a long time to sustain that hurt for a guy that is not a runner. And there's going to be a lot of doubt I think the only way that you can, can, that you can contend with that doubt, that you can really combat it, is no one's going to step up and do it for you. 
is you have to trust in your training, which is hard to do. It's a blind trust. There's this program written out by Nike where anyone can go and follow it. And it's got these interval runs and it's based on, you know, these professional runners who use this program to prepare for their, their races and all this stuff. And you don't know, I don't know. Hell, I'm not a running coach. I'm not a, I'm not a elite endurance athlete, right? This is only my third race, my first real one. I just have to trust that the guys who ran and wrote this program know what they're doing, know what they're talking about when it comes to running. I have to trust that I did what I needed to do in training on all those interval runs. I hit all my paces, not on the long days, but I did better on the other days. And then I have to trust my ability as a athlete, as a human who knows how to deal with adversity better than most people, especially physical adversity, that no matter how bad it hurts, no matter how much my lungs are burning and how bad my legs hurt, that I'm going to be able to work through that because it's worth it for me to beat my time and complete the goal. And then in the end, the, la- the only way, the last way that you can deal with doubt is understanding that the doubt is making you fearful of not accomplishing your goal and that you are A, going to accomplish your goal or B, not going to accomplish your goal. There are two outcomes. There are only two outcomes. And the result of those outcomes are A, great, you beat your goal, awesome, butterflies and flowers. Or B, you just gained some great experience and you learned. And you went through one more, I won't call it a hardship, but one more obstacle in my athletic pursuit where I did not accomplish something I set out to accomplish. And I use that to move forward and be better next time in whatever I choose to do. And understanding that both of those are positive if you make them that way. And that's how you deal with doubt. Because it's going to be there whether you like it or not. And I know that uh, I'll probably do a podcast the Wednesday before. So I guess uh, not next week, not the week after that, but three podcasts from now will probably be a half marathon prep preview or half marathon preview. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk more about the dark place that I'm setting myself up to go to during that podcast, but I'm glad that you guys could uh, listen into this. Hopefully it helps you deal with some doubt that you may be having. Really just brings to light that it's okay to fail. It's okay to fail. That's not the goal. You're not okay. You're not okay with failing, but it is okay to fail on the back end. Chew on that for a week. Glad you listened in. Thanks as always. We'll talk next time. See you.